Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald joining us. G'day, Adam. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. I can just see Mike Munro coming out of retirement for this lunch, Clarky. Just for you, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm in for a bit of stick, buddy. I'm the 24th. <laughs> Bring it on. I'm hard to go past these two. I don't think these two will miss me. They never have so far. I don't think the no. 24th they will All either. right. Well, I'm going to put it on you. If you had to pick a journo to grill Clarky. Oh, yeah. Who would you go to? Who would you go to, Adam? Oh, good question. Anyone. Who, mate, would, who would go? There's not one that hasn't depth. smashed me, put it that way. <laughs> who would, and who would love it? Who would... I, reckon, I reckon a certain D-wide lot would have oh, a oh, blast. Yeah. Denny's, Denny's, he would have a blast. Denny's, Denny's got a heap on me, I reckon. <laughs> he would yeah. too. <laughs> and he would, Denny would go there as well. <laughs> He'd be like, look forward to taking me down. Yeah, Denny, reckon... Denny's got a... Denny would have... A lot of my history, I reckon. <laughs> he saw it all. From, but he go right back. He could. I don't know if he would, but he could. He, and reckon, uh, he saw a lot. I reckon he'd frame himself into the shot as well, Clark. Yeah, yeah. Denny's, Denny, ooh, no I'll tell you what, Denny was a uh, innovator because Denny was the first that I think started getting framing himself in the shot. Now most people do. A lot of journos do it now. Yeah. So he was he was definitely a pioneer of yeah. that. So I, I reckon he'd have he'd have fun club. He'd have fun. He he'd go through he'd the make whole it history. Funny too. Yeah, he oh, would, oh yeah, he real funny. I'd be, I'd be laughing. <laughs> I'd find it really funny. Thanks, boys. We'd enjoy it. Yeah, everybody else would enjoy it. We could have vision sure. to go with. Yeah, Denny, that's the problem. Denny would have vision. <laughs> Music in the background. This is a great idea. No, it's not. Yeah, this no. is your life. Uh, I got COVID on the 24th. <laughs> um, um, video yeah. link. Speaking of put himself, putting himself in shot, is Turbo doing that for round one? for Manly against Canterbury. Yeah, it sounds like it, Jared, doesn't it? He's come back from over in the US working with Bill Knowles for a couple of weeks, and, and all the noises are positive. I'd be very doubtful he plays any part in the trial games for the next couple of weeks, but you just want him to be right and ready to go for round one against against the Bulldogs, which would be a huge game to, to kick off the season for both clubs, given the, the changes they've both gone through in the last sort of six months. So I don't know whether this is the last roll of the dice for him or not. I've, I must admit, I found... Anthony Seabold's defence of him in the press conference the other day about some comments that Peter Peters made on, on this station, actually, going back a few weeks. Quite interesting. And, and, and no doubt, Seabold's got every right to defend his player. But I tell you what, you've got to be careful about how you deal with a lot of the politics at Manly at the moment. So I think Tommy's making the right noise. I still think it's the right thing for him to, to play fullback. I, I don't have any issue with him playing fullback. That's his best position. But at what stage was does it become a discussion whether if he can't hold up to this, does he play move to the centres again and play potentially the rest of his career at the centres? That, that's the question I suppose I've got to ask. Yeah, I think at this stage it's too early because he you know, got through uh, last year. Well, got through last year. It happened in the, the uh, end of last season and pre-season for this year. But, you know, he missed last year with a shoulder operation. So I, I think you've just got to suck it and see. You've just got to give him the opportunity to, which he has done, gone overseas, come back, reconditioned his body, get him out there playing and see how he handles it. I, I think like anyone, anyone can go through a period of injury, 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 and you can do it for two or three years. Then you get a run of three or four years where you don't miss a game. This could mm. be Tommy's next phase. So what about Tedesco? Tedesco at the Tigers, nice. I think it was at the Tigers or it just went to the Roosters. I yeah. can't remember. But he had, I think he had two seasons where he was injured a hell of Mate, a lot I of time. I had four years where I, my hemi would go. Yeah. Four years. And then now, for my last six Tedesco years, I didn't even have, 
but it was always in the back of my mind. But yeah. I, I never tore my hamstring once. Yeah. After it, but I had a lot of issue with my hemi. Yeah. How do you fix that loss? Like, how did you fix it for the back end of your career where you didn't have any issues? That's that's I suppose the question mark. Because most people would say oh, I got more diligent older. in how I used to prepare. Yeah. I, I mean, when. I was younger. I never had an issue with Mahemi, so I didn't do a lot of extras. I didn't do a lot of stretching. I didn't do a lot of rehab or prehab, as they call it these days, where you you, 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 you work out better before as you, well. you train. So yeah, and I think with all well everything at their disposal these days, they've got you know physios and trainers mm. that put in the extra work, and they're more knowledgeable on how to look after their body. It so takes you time, Adam, as yeah. well, to learn about your own body, body yeah. like to mm. work out when you can put... Like uh, Tommy will get to a stage now where there'll be certain games where, like you see coaches drag blokes off because they don't need to be out there or you've already won the game or whatever. Mm. Even mm. if Tommy's on the field, he'll, now, he'll continue to learn, pull back, I'm not required here, versus up the ante a bit. Like you just learn when to challenge your body. The biggest thing for me was just mentally. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until yeah. you get into a game where you don't think about it. But your first few weeks of the season, when yeah. you're coming back from a hamstring, it's always in the back of your mind. Always in your back yeah. of your mind. And then once it's... you get through a few games, then you start to not think about it. I think a lot of this has been mental for him as well, Lars, because just chatting to a few people around Manly so towards the back end of last year, he was genuinely shattered when he, when he did it just for Christmas last year. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of this over to the US to try and restore him mentally as much as anything to give him that confidence again to be able to release and, and, and run freely and not have to not try to worry about it too much so mm. hopefully Bill Knowles has not only worked on his body but he's also worked on his mind in this last couple of weeks and we, yeah. we can see him back I, I, I might be too simplistic to say this but if he plays 18, 20, 22 games this year I think Manly are a top 8 team but if he doesn't I, no. I, again I struggle to see them making yeah. the top 8 yeah. yeah no that's a fair call I, I, yeah. I used to go in the dressing shed an hour and a half before the game and I'd be stretching. I'd be just stretching, stretching, stretching. And I had a heap of hamstring trouble. Yet a bloke like Brett Mullins would walk in five minutes before warm-up and just throw his boots on and <laughs> bend his back a little bit. And a couple of toe touches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just go out there and break yeah. it. And it's right there. Yeah, it's, I know. It, yeah. and, and was that fast? And you just go, mate, how do you do that? Oh, I've got to do this. But that's just different body shapes and born differently and... People handle it differently, and I never seen Warney once do a warm up. Seriously, mate, we would be doing the stretches and leg sweep, mate. Warney's Harvey Norman. He's talking to someone in the crowd. Could not care less. Can I guess no, who he was hot talking to in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> hot shower was his warm up, and then he'd have to uh. chase one from sleep. He'd been standing still all day. Sprint to the boundary to chase one, and Warney's running technique was so <laughs> bad. But it, 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 mate, like just different body. Put a footy in his hand, he'd do yeah. hundred hundreds, like just sprint away with an AFL ball in his hand, but refuse to stretch, refuse to warm up. Just everyone's different, yeah. aren't they? They certainly are. Uh, now the Sharks, everything went right for them last year, Adam, until they mm. got to the finals and went out in straight sets. But overall, had a you know a really good season. But uh, they've had some issues this week in losing. Uh, Cade Dykes, the young 21-year-old with an ACL. I see they've signed somewhat of a replacement uh, from the Sunshine Coast Falcons in Daniel mm. Atkinson, but uh, uh, they're going to be a lot of pressure on their incumbent fullback. Yeah, I think it's a real concern for them, Jerry. to be fair. Uh, Will Kennedy, I think, did a really good job last year. It's probably his best year in NRL, but he, he did spend a fair bit of time out of out of the top grade with injuries, particularly that shoulder towards the back end of last year. And 
the timing's just horrible, isn't it? I, I think they probably did the right thing with Lachlan Miller. You, it's very hard to stand in the bloke's way when he's been offered a, a chance to play regular first grade at Newcastle and given he's probably going to be a second or third string uh, at the Sharks. And given at what stage of his career he's at, he's sort of getting to his late 20s, he's got a family to support, the money was going to be much better up there in Newcastle with a longer-term deal. I think they did it out of the, probably the goodness of their heart and literally within 24 hours has come back to bite them on the bum with Kay Dice going down with his ACL. So... From the limited stuff we saw from Kay Dykes last year, I thought he was a real prospect for them. He potentially could be their long-term fullback and overtake Will Kennedy in the next 12 to 24 months. But, geez, that's a, that's a massive blow for them. And, and you're right, Jared, in what you say. They they handled themselves really well last year. Didn't have a whole lot of long-term injuries, I didn't think. they, they Obviously, Nico Hines was crucial to them last year, playing the majority of the year. Matt Moylan played a lot of footy last year. Blake Braley, I think, is an outstanding young player. He's very durable in a, in a few years. We've seen him in first grade, but... Without the backup to Will Kennedy, it's probably going to be an issue for Craig Fitzgibbon at some stage. I still think they're definitely a top eight team this year, the Sharks, from what we saw last year. But depth might just hurt them a little bit in, in some key positions if they get a couple of bad injuries. Um, and no doubt the timing of this situation with Lachlan Miller was just really unfortunate. Just on that, Adam, how does the salary cap work there? So, so if you've got a guy that in your top 30 goes down injured, mm. obviously you can get a replacement and bring him in. But what type of money can you spend on a replacement? Because we've had text messages here this morning saying, what about Roger Tulvasa-Shek? Why wouldn't they go and approach him? Yeah, they could potentially. There's, there's no doubt. They've got to have a spot left on their roster. They'll get no dispensation for an injury like Kate Dykes. It needs to be in a representative game or something like that for them for them to get dispensation. So as it stands at the moment, it's just unlucky. They have to soak up his salary this year and soak up that spot. But if they've got money left, there's no doubt they can approach someone. The other issue, I suppose, with trying to get someone like a Roger Tuivasa check is that the NRL will want to make sure that he's paid, you know, market value. So whatever contract any club wants to try and sign him for, registering for, you can't you're not going to be able to sign him for hundred and fifty or two hundred grand because the NRL just won't cop that. They'll they'll obviously have to look look over the contract and say you need to put a fair value next to his name. And that was probably similar to what happened with um Matt Lodge last year, if you remember boys, he left the left the Warriors and then went to the Roosters and the NRL had to sign off on that contract and make sure the Roosters were paying him a certain amount of money that they thought was a fair value. Uh, for his standing in the game, so I suppose they've got a little bit of maybe a little bit of wiggle room. The Sharks to try and try and do something, but maybe not a lot of money. So that that might be the issue. So late in the piece before the start of the season, so I imagine they're going to struggle to try and get anyone high profile at this stage, and they might just have to make do with what they've got. Uh, now, Mitch Moses stays at Parramatta. Uh, I think so, Jared. I think so at this stage. I, I actually went to the. Um, Parramatta season launch last night. They had their season launch last night and just went along to that. And Mitch Moses was there. Brad, I heard Brad Arthur speaking. That there wasn't too much chatter about his future, obviously. They're still keeping that very quiet. I think well, he's going to make a call in the next few weeks. I don't think he's going to let it go until round one or anything like that and wait till the start of the season. We're six weeks in and he still hasn't made a call. And there's no doubt, I think Parramatta will concede that the Tigers have got more money. They, they, they can't probably match them financially, but it's just a matter of whether he wants to stay at Parramatta and and keep forming that partnership with, with Dylan Brown in the, in the halves and try to potentially win a premiership. The one thing I, I did find interesting last night was there was a lot of talk about Trent Barrett doing his work out there with Brad Arthur at the Eels and working very, very closely with Mitch Moses and, and Dylan Brown in the halves. And one thing that Brad Arthur did say on stage last night, and Mitch even mentioned it himself, was that they're trying to get him on the ball a lot more this year and playing, getting, get, having a lot more touches. And I, I thought last year was probably a pretty dominant half, to be fair, but it seems like this year... They're going to step it up a notch and might even play you know, both sides of the ruck. So that's something that Baz has been working on with him in the last couple of months uh, to try and get him right. I, I, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. I don't think Dylan Brown's going to feature too much in the trial games from what 
a lot of the chatter there last night. He had a bit of a miss-up when he was on, on holidays in the off-season, so uh, a bit of an infection in his arm and, and a clot. So I wouldn't expect to see him being rolled out in the first trial or the second trial, potentially, and he'll just be ready for, for round one. So, yeah, very interesting times out there for Mitch Moses. I think he's probably favourite to stay at Parramatta at the moment, but I don't think the Tigers are out of the race yet. Adam, I reckon the Dragons, to have a good year, everything needs to go right for them. But it hasn't mm. been the case so far. No. They had Jack Bird getting injured yesterday or the, or the day before. He needs a, a knee cleaner and possibly won't miss the start of the season because mm. they've got that bye in round one. But what's the latest with him and, and what's the latest with the Dragons set up as a whole? Yeah, it's not great for Jack Bird. He's going to have that surgery, as you mentioned, Loz, today, I think. And he's going to be recovering for the best, best part of a month or so. He won't be played in the trials. I just wanted to ask you, Loz, just quickly. Like, it, it seems like that Anthony Griffin and the Dragons were leaning towards playing Jack Bird at 5'8 to the start of the year even if Jaden Sullivan or Moses Zembai were, were available. I, just, I know he's played in so many different positions, Jack Bird, but I just, I just put him in the back row and just let him get comfortable there. That's what I would have thought his best position would be. It almost seems like it's just a... Well, can I ask you this question, Adam? Because mm. I've thought about this myself. So, Jack Bird, if you were putting the... Uh, or ranking the Dragons players on salary, mm. would he be in the top five? Oh, he is. Uh, absolutely. Right he's right up there. So... Yeah. I, I don't know, and again, I don't know what Jack's best position is, all right? I, I, I'm unsure. But just to get to your point, if you're spending a lot of money on someone who is in your top five highest paid players mm. at your club, surely when you buy him, you as a coach or you as a club, you know where you're playing him. Mm. Mm. Like the, think- surely that's got to be the case. If you're yeah. playing someone an extremely large amount of money, you know exactly in your mind where you're going to play. And I know there's different circumstances, but that's yeah, one thing sure. I've, I've thought about clubs at times when they go ahead and spend all this money. I don't know where they're playing the block. Yeah. He, he, he's been a victim of his own versatility, hasn't he, throughout his career? Because he, he can play anywhere. He can play in the halves. He can play centers. He can play back row. That, that's, that's fine. We, we all know that. But, I think you make a very salient point when you're paying that much money, and, and even when you interview well, him, even if you're paying someone two fifty, of course, of course, and even when you talk to him and throughout his career, he, he even admits himself he doesn't know what his best position is. Like, surely at this stage of his career, you just got to get him settled and just just put him in the one spot and let him go. And I, I would have, I would have thought playing him in the back row would just has just got to be it now. And 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 give Jaden Sullivan a go, let him mm. go, let him let him play. He's He's potentially your future in the halves, and you don't want to hold him back anymore. I know he's had some hamstring problems, and I, I get all that. I know there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Dragons in the first six to eight weeks of the year, given the situation around the coach and everything like that. But they've they've got to make a decision and just move forward with Jack Bird, I would have thought. I'd, I'd be playing him in the back row every day of the week. Every day of the week. All right, let's talk some racing. And just before we get your mail, uh, we didn't speak about this earlier in the week, Adam, but... Uh... The retirement of Hitotsu is such a shame, I reckon. Oh. I actually saw a question posed. I saw Racenet pose this. Uh, the retired galloper we never got to see the best of. And unfortunately, Hitotsu, uh, a dual derby winner, and we know mm-hmm. how difficult that is to do. And uh, remember that win in, in the Australian Guineas as well. We'll go yes. on that list. What a massive shame. It is, Jared. An absolute shame that we haven't seen him as a four-year-old and raced on later in his career because... What he did as a three-year-old was quite special. And I don't know if you remember, I remember going to the, uh, the championships last year for the Australian Derby, and he was he was first up in the Australian Guineas, I think, and he went second up to a mile and a half yeah. in the Derby. 
And, and it was on a bottomless track as well, it was a really wet track. And I just thought, tr- traditional wheat wisdom tells you this, this just can't be done. You can't, you can't do this. We know that Kieran Mara is a, is a fantastic trainer. He likes to think outside the box. But I just thought, this setup is just so strange. Like, how's he going to win this race? And he got into that dogfight, I think, with Benno, wasn't it, in the Australian Derby? And the mini search outside him. And I thought, geez, you're a special horse to be able to do that. And I, thought, I can't wait to see him back as a four-year-old in the spring, targeting maybe the Cups or whatever, or come back and race in the Queen Elizabeth the next year. But unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. So he'll obviously try and find a home at start. I'm sure he'll, um, he won't have too many issues there and, and, and serve a lot of mares. But, geez, I would have loved to have seen him race on for at least one more year because he could have been anything in his four- and five-year-old seasons. I still think Atlantic Jewel's probably the top of my list for that. Although yeah. you could argue we'd, we may, may have saw the best of it, but, gosh, he could have been anything. But anyway, yeah, yeah. that's a great pub argument. What's your best? Yeah, um, I'm going to go early tomorrow, Jared. There, race one, number five, Madeira Sunrise in the two-year-old race. She was entered for the win stakes last week. Uh, Michael Freeman scratched up, uh, waited for this race this week. It's a lot easier race this week. And she trolled behind the early favourite Sicilian for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Brighton. I thought she trolled every bit as good, if not better. And I think at the price, with J-Mac on board, she can run really boldly. So that's race one. Number five, Madeira Sunrise, the best that ran with there tomorrow. I didn't see you on last night, mate. I was... No, no. Tuned in at 7.30 waiting for that tie. I was a hit and run last night. They sent me back to work work on the wardrobe. So, I thought you looked sharp, buddy. Um, no, thanks, Clarky. I'm glad you supported me. Great nomination for someone to interview Clarky. Oprah. Oh, my God. Oprah. On the text line. Oprah. Is she in town? <laughs> Get in here for the lunch. You too. She wouldn't cost much. Look at what I've got to deal with, Adam. Every, Monday to Friday, every day. You need day. to be interrogated. Listen to it. One of one, Clarky and Oprah. They wonder why I don't want to yeah. see him Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night. Get me out of here. The old lie detector test Look and the buzzer, him. you know, when it goes Listen off. Listen to him. <laughs> Get tasered. I can't be electrocuted, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Oh, my God. Go to the weeds. <laughs>